The fact of this music is that if you're in touch with the subtlety of what it offers, then it's empowering to you as an individual, no matter who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound. Okay, hey, my name is Jonna. It's a couple of strangers. And this uh, is my stranger. <laughs> my name is Claire. The earth, the earth, the earth is on fire. And we, together we make something called Yacht. Yacht. We don't have no daughter. Let the motherfucker burn. So you all the first group we've ever seen uh, open the show with a disclaimer. This evening's performance utilizes the very most advanced flashing lights and loud music. That's my favorite thing about our show right now. Yeah, honestly, man, I'm so happy that you, yeah, no, we haven't talked about this at all. Before the show begins, please pay attention to the following ground rules. Please do not silence your mobile devices. Yeah, we randomly put out a call on Twitter. We are like, hey, does anyone know any voiceover artists? And so someone was like, actually, my best friend in Atlanta, he's a voiceover artist. He's struggling to make it. Like, can you help him out? So they sent us a clip of his YouTubes, and he's this amazing kid. And I can't... Incredibly deep voice. I can't pull his name up out of my mind right now, but... Welcome to Madcap. I'm your guest announcer, Chris Lovingood. We hired him because we, it's, I don't know, we like to sort of make our show as interactive as possible and include elements that are, un, that are unexpected because surprises are really fun and I think a really important part of any art that you make. So historically, we've done PowerPoint presentations during our show. Yes, what's his name? Chris Lovingood. His name is Chris Lovingood. Check him out on YouTube. He rules. <laughs> Chris Lovingood. So, yes. Yeah, so Big up, Chris Lovingood. We like you. Flash photography is not only permitted, it is mandatory to ensure tonight's performers are able to give you the best performance possible. So the disclaimer is um, like a three-minute sort of uh, surrealist waiver, essentially. Absurdist. Yeah, it, it entreats the audience to like not use hashtags, to not make eye contact with the boys in the rhythm section. Um, to give like a clear verbal confirmation of their consent for like these various terms. If you agree to these terms, please say yes now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I need a clear verbal confirmation. Again, please say yes now. Yes. And now, put your hands together for your friends, your humble servants, your 2014 Golden State Warriors, Yacht. Strange days lead to strange nights you want Now, let's just be clear, this is YACHT in all capitals. Yes. It's an acronym. It's, I, oh, I know. Yeah. I know all about the acronym. Right. Okay. And I also like that the A is a delta. Well, it's not a delta. It's an equilateral triangle. A delta is slightly different. Okay. Tell me about this. <laughs> well, I mean, a delta is it's like an isosceles triangle, I think, sometimes. But a delta represents change, so that's true. always nice to have as well. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. We can go We can go whatever we, way. You know what? Whatever you want to put there in the A, that's fine. If you, if you want to put a delta there, that's cool. If you want to put something else, like that's fine. Emoji in there, yeah, that's put cool. like the little snowman emoji. Totally cool. We don't care. I mean, preferably put the emoji of the guy wearing the, like, the weird little black hat. Just that we're talking about what goes in the A is so nice. So thank you for even caring. We do care. <laughs> and I noticed your pin has got the smiley face A. So yeah, that's called a smiangle.
young Americans challenging high technology. Yes. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, so do we. It seems to be a pervasive part of modern life, so we might as someone might as well challenge it. So I thank you for taking up that mantle. Yeah, of course. We always think of challenging in the sense of like, not a Luddite, you know, not throwing a wrench in the machine, but um, challenge, having discourse with technology, not letting it dictate how we use it. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me, and I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Misusing technology is a big thing that we do. Like we do a lot of video animations in Keynote, and we like make images and video software. And you know, we like to bend it around. We use spreadsheets to sort of write all of our songs. Is what we're saying. A word? <laughs> uh, we use Word. Prefer pages. <laughs> InDesign? <laughs> Love InDesign. Oh Honestly, God. InDesign is number one in yeah, our hearts. Our band is like 99% InDesign, 1% inspiration. snafu last night there's also a video element which goes along with every part of the show but yeah the projector had a problem so we couldn't do it last night but yeah there's a visual part of that disclaimer as well a visual disclaimer yeah. now, technically you could just say that to all interviewees oh we you do could, you could be making it up They're i am great awesome. okay. very high production value video <laughs> unfortunately we couldn't show we had, it to like, you stilt walkers yeah. all set up but yeah. they couldn't make it they missed their flight we had 24 air dancers doing that <laughs> you know those things so like, like the used car sales lot thing the, oh, the, the oh. huge guy the blow-up inflatable guy i believe you're referring to the yeah. wa wacky wild arm inflatable tube man yeah wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man tube man tube man tube man yeah, I think its patented name is Air Dancer, though. Check out the Wikipedia. I will. All one word, Air Dancer, registered trademark. Yeah. I also like aerial dancers that are on, like, um, like you sometimes see in very sure. swanky clubs. I oh, you mean, like, pink? Yes! Exactly. Oh, I love that she's, yeah, she's now 99% aerial dancer, 1% musician. Two Grammys in a row? Like, gross. can you do that? I think that you if you can, but you shouldn't. Have you ever wished for. An endless night. the moon and the stars and through that road. 
If you've made the effort to learn that skill, use it. No. <laughs> Disagreements all around. Focus is about saying no. She, Pink needs... Pink, if you're listening, you need to focus. Did you say focus is about saying no? Yeah. Tell me more about that. I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued by the idea of focus. My superhero is Focus Man. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. Well, I don't know what that is. No, I'm tr- not only is it a command to myself, uh-huh. focus, comma, man. Cool. But if I was going to be a superhero... You'd be focus man. Right, because okay. I have the ability to focus on one thing at yeah. a time. I mean, yeah. That's a rare skill these days. Well, it's, I'm, it, it's, it's, um, I'm trying to do that. You know, I haven't achieved it yet. Yeah. But how do, how do you all attack the problem of focus? It really, it is about saying no. There's everything is wanting to influence you and coming from every direction, especially in this new world we live in, where we have access to every single piece of pop culture from all, from out all of history and now, telling us like, oh, be inspired by this or like reference this or like all of that stuff. You just have to, if you want to do something clear and simple and minimal, which is what we're all about, I guess we're minimalists at heart. You have to say no. Yeah, simplicity isn't easy. It's hard. I used to live, live in a psychic city. I never knew what would happen in a day. I might be looking out the window, and a friend might say, Come on. Simplicity is a learned skill. It's kind of like that thing that fashion people will tell you, the, like, before you leave the house, look in the mirror and take one thing off. That's kind of how we feel about everything. It's like, before yeah. you leave the house, like before you master the track, like remove at least three parts. Or before you send you know, the text, take out three paragraphs. Or, mm-hmm. you know, take it before down. Or you put up the website, take out three sections, all yes. of that I don't stuff. know why three, I don't know yeah. why. Before you export that InDesign document to a PDF, Delete all of the pages. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. It does. It does. No, but you know, paring down is good. I mean, then you get down to the essence of like what you're actually doing, the yeah. structure of it, and then you can build back up if you think that it's necessary. A better analogy to the InDesign thing is take out all the fonts. Ooh, yeah, just take the out one. three fonts. Just use a one font. Come on, just one, guys. Choose a nice, classy. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you if you had some, I just had some. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Alright. Don't don't use screen fonts on your print documents, you guys. What are you doing? mentioned something right when you came in about surprises like how are surprises important in the creation process Surprise! just ignore him yeah. if this gonna be that kind of party i'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potato 
yeah, we're always thinking about surprises. Because just as like consumers of media and music, we we want to be surprised. And I think that's our our biggest influence for doing anything is like how we would receive it as consumers. So. Yeah, I love being surprised when it comes to anything, any art specifically. So, hey, surprise! I want to be surprised. I want to make surprises for people. What's going on? We wasted the good surprise on you. All right. Okay, I don't know why we're on this like weird analogy train right now, but <laughs> imagine that a song is a room that you're in, right? It's a space that you inhabit. You can be in that room for some time, and then all of a sudden, one of the walls falls down and there's another room, or there's a whole outside world. And that feeling of like having the ground come out from underneath you or have an expectation defied, it's thrilling in any context. And I think that if you can accomplish that with a piece of art, then you've really done something important, I think. People also are so jaded and have such a strong sense of what is expected. Um, and a lot of musicians work really hard to like create a monolithic kind of vibe, you know, like a tone that is theirs and is unique, but sometimes that can become kind of a prison. So it's important to give yourself space to do things that aren't like what you would normally do. And sometimes that is what the surprise is, is being like, oops, here's a weird choral part that you didn't expect. So are you all familiar um, with the writer George Plimpton? Uh, no, not really. Okay, he was a participatory journalist, basically, you said, would dive himself in the situation. And he had this quote, every great artist secretly performs for an audience of one. So who's the one person individually, besides self, that you that you keep in, keep in your mind as you, as you grow? Ex-boyfriend. Straight up Kurt Cobain. Word, all right. Two excellent answers, please expound. <laughs> My boyfriend in college who I broke up with because he told me that it was unreasonable to expect to make a living as a writer or an artist in any way, and that I should like buckle down in school as like a 19 year old. Buckle down and do what? You make money off both. Dude, I do. I'm like, yeah, what's up? I'm on tour. So, I mean, that's a stupid answer. I think it's a very girly answer. But I think people that have told you that you can't do something that you do. It's every day that you live that that truth, then they suffer. And Kurt Cobain, huh, really? Yeah, well, I grew up in a small fishing town in coastal Oregon, which is really close to Aberdeen, Washington, where Kurt Cobain is from. And yeah, so every every decision I make, everything I'm doing, I like think about little Kurt just sitting there with his brains blown out on the ground and just like, what? Uh, that's how it happened. No. And uh, <laughs> keep it real. Yeah. No, not not that part. Back to when he was alive, I guess. No, his ghost. I'm performing for his ghost. Is that does that count? Okay. Yeah. I just yeah. He had like 
was he was full of contradictions. He didn't want to be famous, but he was also kind of an asshole. So I don't know. I think it's just interesting to think about him. I'm sure he would hate our band, and I love that. I want to piss him off. Are you are you all as kind to your hotel rooms, uh, kinder than uh, <laughs> than, than Kurt and, and I? Well, Kurt yeah, Moore? we have a we have a saying that's like, yeah, we don't trash dressing rooms, we dress trashy rooms. Ooh. <laughs> That's like you bring a scented candle to your green room and you make it a little nicer because it's never nice. I have this weird thing too. Whenever I go into like a place of business, like a restaurant that I really like and respect, if I go into the bathroom and I see like toilet paper on the ground, even though that's disgusting to touch, I still like put it away for them. I like clean it up a little bit. Pitch in. Sure. Do your part. <laughs> he went to Catholic school. That's true. Yeah. I think that's probably something happened there. I'm bro My brain is broken because of that. Also, he's OCD. So yeah. Which I mean, that's don't think he's a good Samaritan. His brain will think, break if he doesn't clean the toilet. I think all people, yeah, who had any kind of experience with Catholicism are OCD. <laughs> the bowing and the genuflecting and the kneeling, all of that stuff. And like, yeah, whatever. I no, I'm, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I stopped <laughs> being Catholic when I was like 12. <laughs> What'd you confess when you were 12? Uh, I think it's something about swears. You, 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 alone. Oh yeah, no, here I got a great thing. Yeah. My parents had a gas station, and on the premises there was a phone booth. And these kids one day, I see they're like all giggling and like laughing and screaming in the phone booth. And I like walk up and I'm like, what are you guys doing? How old are you? I'm probably like 11, 10 or 11. And they're like, you got to get in here and do this. So we get in and there's like three of us in this phone booth. We close the door and they're like, here's what you do. You take the phone off the hook, you hit O for operator, and then you cuss out the operator. It's so fun. So I did that. <laughs> and like, What were the cusses that you even knew? I was like, probably like... <laughs> face no i don't know um every ki every kind of cuss there is <laughs> so i'd like set all the cusses and then my older brothers caught me doing it and so then they used that at, to blackmail me anytime they would do something awful like fuck with me or like punch me or something they would then sing Day's smooth operator because of cussing to the operator so now anytime i hear that song to this day i get like chills of guilt no need to ask he's a smooth operator So the gas station. Now, yeah. I read uh, upstairs you and your brother turned into a techno club? Yes. Ow. Ow. My brother turned it into a techno club. Then the techno club was hugely successful for one summer because there were like submarine kids from the other seaside towns coming in and hanging out. But then as soon as summer was over, no one went. So my brother turned the keys over to me. Oregon, yeah. in a gas station. Yeah, and there's a techno club. Just Sounds hot. I, and this is like this is the mid and late '90s. Techno is not EDM huge. EDM hadn't broken yet. Oh, sick! <laughs> I'm just kidding. God, you're gross. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like Jock Jam's era, like Two Unlimited and like Black yeah. Black Box. There was a yeah. whole movement.
There was, but it was like, it, that's not what we were playing. Man. What were you yeah. playing? You know what? I don't know. It was like Portland DJs coming down and spinning stuff that I'd never heard before. So I'm, I don't even know. I, and the like thing is, hard techno, right? it was, yeah, it was like, it was, it was exactly hard techno. Yeah. Minimal and hard techno, like not very melodic stuff. Favorite. I wish I could time travel to just to see. But then after the club failed as a techno club, he gave me the keys and then I just like had friends playing. It became like an indie rock club. How, to, how was that idea pitched? I mean, like, to, to, so they just, like, listen, listen, mom, dad, upstairs, yeah. we're going to be, you know, <laughs> saying, like, y'all going to do gas downstairs, yeah. but we're going to get wild. I'm going to need yeah. a strobe light. <laughs> exactly. The upstairs we were just using as like storage. So there was tons of like Bartles and James like stand up full color like whatever you, like a cutout of like wine, wine cooler promotions and stuff like that. Just like shit ton. My dad's a mild hoarder, so there was tons of just like garbage up there. And I think my brother pitched it to him, being like, "I'll clean it if you let me do this." And so he cleaned it up, and then he painted the walls blue, and he put this like weird metal siding in there, so it like looked vaguely futuristic. And he, he called it the launch pad. An awesome name. I love it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think he kept it clean, so we got to keep doing it. And then I kept it clean after him. So Of course you kept it clean. Why? Because you're just talking about cleaning up bathrooms. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, I'm coming back. It's a through line. Okay. You're listening to Madcap. I'm your announcer, Chris Lovingood. Today, Dan and David are spending time with Jonna Beckholt and Claire L. Evans of the group Yacht. In addition to her musical output, Claire is also a science writer and editor-in-chief of Omni, a magazine originally published in 1978 to 1995, dedicated to all realms of science and the paranormal. Here's a clip about this very subject from our upcoming interview with King Britt. You, you mentioned uh, magazines, and you did an incredible collaboration with Omni magazine. Man, uh, hello, my daughters. Hello, my brothers and sisters. I'm here to tell you. I gotta tell you how I have that the world's last unpleasant experience will be a precisely dateable event. Yes. So, Twitter's my shit, dude. Like, I love Twitter, right? So, I'm on Twitter. At right? King Brit? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Plug it in, plug it in. I'm on Twitter, but some people use Twitter. They're talking crap on Twitter. Whatever. I'm on there researching, right? So I'm trying to see, okay, what's going on? So I saw a tweet that Omni was back. I was like, what? Omni's my, well, as a kid, that was my magazine. That's what, I couldn't travel as, you know, as by myself. So I would do it through magazines. You know what I'm saying? And Omni was like the universe. Since the very beginning and far into the future, all the wondrous things man sees, experiences, and imagines, invents, discovers, dreams, and fantasizes, are what a new magazine called Omni is all about. Yeah, what is Omni for people who don't know? Oh, Omni's a magazine that started uh, mid-70s, 
and it was a, a science magazine, but it combined science fiction and science fact. Pick up Omni today to keep and pass down to your descendants. On sale now, everywhere. And they also had a TV show, and it was owned by Bob Guccione, uh, who owned Penthouse magazine, <laughs> which I'll get to that. What are the magic sources of these sounds? So Omni, I'm like, who, who's starting Omni? And then it was this lady, Claire Evans, who was editor at large. So I hit her up. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know she was the lead singer of Yacht. So, but I didn't know till like months later, you know what I mean? Because I had done it, I just did a remix for DFA, and uh, she was like, oh, I'm on DFA. I'm like, huh? You know what I mean? It was just trippy, right? So anyway, I hit her up. I was like, yo, I want to do a collab with Omni. Anything I can do, I'm going to send some ideas. And she's like, cool. I sent this idea. She's like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Here's the arc. You can go to archives, look at photos. So me and my boy went to the archives and like we walk in, dude, it's like every penthouse magazine mm -hmm. ever. Except for the uh, Vanessa Williams because of the lawsuit. <laughs> so because that's that's the first ones we were looking for. Yeah. And it was just like so we spent an hour there. And then I was like, oh, we're here for Omni. All right, right. So we went over to the Omni side, and it was just like <laughs> insane slides and films. And Geiger, actually, uh, who just passed away, H.R. Geiger, who did all the art for Alien and all, they have a film commissioned by Omni of them in the studio with him uh, making the masks and all of that. So it was pretty crazy that he just passed. You know, I just watched that. Everyone dreams, more or less, but few people trust themselves to relate or present their dreams as they are inhibited from making public their perverse thoughts. Now concerning my skin landscapes, these are my protest against the systematic poisoning of our environment. A sick landscape marks men, and my landscapes are nothing other than the transplanting of the human skin on our surroundings. So we did an exhibition, I did an album. I curated these pictures from the archive and then I scored them. They influenced the music that I created. And then we did an exhibition in New York at Red Bull Studios with the, so all from a tweet. Twitter, man. That's amazing. Do you have a favorite? of that collection, a favorite track or a favorite picture that it was based on? The Protector. That's my, yeah, I love The Protector, man. Just, I don't know, it was that night. It, you know, funny thing is too, I did that whole record just every night, like from midnight to four in the morning, I was learning this new machine for Ableton called Push. And so in the process of learning it, it makes you think differently in composition wise and so that's how, why those things sounded that way i was like oh this is perfect for omni you know so it worked out great it was great have you ever played Moogfest? yeah i just yeah. you were there yeah i just did we did an omni we did an omni night 
it was our day at the Masonic Temple. I did a solo. I did the show. I did the album live. Yeah, it was great, man. Have you been to Masonic Temple? Uh, we didn't step in. Oops. We, oh, my God, dude. The venue's insane. You were down? Uh, Moogfest was dope, right? I did it in 2010 with my old group, Saturn Never Sleeps. And we played at the Orange Peel. Yeah, it was great. Quote, looking into the eyes of this image, I feel he has seen a lot, seen a lot of heavy circumstances, good and bad, with all the jewelry. It seems like it would be armor, and he is the protector. With the song, I wanted a driving war cry of drums and drowned out vocals to give a sense of war between man, inner peace, and his demons. 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 Find it on his SoundCloud. And now, we continue the science fiction with Claire Evans. So you mentioned time travel. Sure. Last night in your show, you talked about extraterrestrials. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that idea, that the idea of extraterrestrial life may keep us honest as a species? Yes, I would love to. I was intrigued by that. Please. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. Please do. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, we... We are just but a, a carbon-based life forms on a carbon-based round thing floating in like an infinitude of space. And the idea that, you know, we would be alone in the universe is on one hand horrifyingly lonely. And on the other hand, it enables us to feel like we are masters of the universe. That we are the, we were like, you know, that the spark of creation landed only here and now and that we are special and unique. The moment that we realize that that is not true, it sort of like, you know, decenters the human race or decenters the planet. Uh, and allows us to think about life as something that's more expansive, that's more like inherent to the nature of reality, as opposed to just like some magic thing that happened to us because of like some magic guy that said it was okay. You know, I think, I mean, it's always, always tied into ideas of religion, unfortunately, but I think just the search, you know, even if it's just like a nominal thing, even if it's just like having a telescope pointing in one direction, ostensibly to be looking for something else out there, um, it just, yeah, it keeps us civil. It keeps us um, from being chauvinistic about about the human race. And that's important because we are way too chauvinistic. And many Earth-like planets are being discovered. Constantly. It's crazy. I mean, like the Kepler mission, it's just unreal. Like it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of new planets. I mean, it would, we are, I really, really hope that within my lifetime, we find just even bacterial life somewhere else. One thing I really appreciate about your group is that you think about broad ideas and you we're bring a group you bring them yes and you're a group i love group no one says group people say band or uh, we're a group i like group it's better feels kind of 80s to say group yeah absolutely uh I, but i like that you know your website and you have all these ideas that are laid out there that you want people to kind of come in and engage with you all have books and it's mm -hmm. not just a band playing music it's a group sharing ideas yeah i love that oh my and god again, that, yeah that comes back to us like wanting to consume the same kind of thing so like yeah if there were other bands that did stuff like we we do, then oh, I guess like Ian Savonius is a good example. Mm -hmm. He writes books. He's great. Yeah, I mean, it's not to say that bands should write books necessarily, yeah. but just that we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, being a rock and roll band 
you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's not what it used to be. You know, it's kind of a trudge a lot of the time. And you have to do, the, you know, it's, it would be boring if we were just playing guitars on stage every night for the rest of our lives. You know, like there's only so much you can do musically with music. But to allow yourself the freedom to do a lot of other stuff um, just ke- keeps you engaged in what you do. And, and it gives you the sense that there's always an out or like a different approach that you can take. And it also informs the music making process later, too. Yeah, we feel like every every extracurricular project we we take, then we gain something from it that we can apply to making music later. Party at the NSA. This is the In Flagranti Understudio All Stars. Back to the original. Mark Marin on the guitar solo. Party at the NSA. Party at the NSA. So uh, our last question, since he's going to shoot me. Uh, so what is one song that you would like to close this piece out to? Make it theirs this time. Yeah. Like the song, the yacht song that means the most to you, yes. that you'd like to our hear. Our own music? Correct. Yes. That you'd like to hear, because we, we have talked painfully little about your own music during oh, this interview. Wait, that's fine. <laughs> um, the song, that, the yacht song that means the most to you. Well, right now, I mean, everything we make, we, we have there's a grace period of us being in love with it for like five minutes, and then we hate it. So I think right now that grace period, we're with Plastic Soul, our most recent song. Yeah, that's true. We still love Plastic Soul. Everything else, garbage. Perfect. Evans and Jonna Beckholt are Yacht, and this is their latest single, Plastic Soul. To fully understand Yacht, you must experience Yacht live. Luckily for us, the Where Does This Disco tour begins on September 14th in Denver. For more information, visit teamyacht.com. Find links to all their social media at madcapdc.org. Special thanks to Claire and Jonna, to Emmy Parker, to Louise Cox at Motormouth, and our friends at Magnum PR. I'm your all-knowing voice, Chris Lovingood. Find me at chrislovinggood.com on Chris underscore Lovingood on Twitter.
Thank you all so much for being on yeah, Madcap. Yeah, you guys are so rad. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. It was great. It was a great experience, as was this interview. Okay, here's my idea. Okay, we can use this or not. I think we should do immediate post-interview reaction. What do you... For you and I. Oh, for you and I? Yeah. Okay, they were... They were what I expected to be and better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like, I, I, you know what I'm saying, uh, I listened, I listened to the, the podcast that they did on SoundCloud. Yeah. We saw her, we saw her on stage persona, which is, which is fucking amazing. And his too. I think it's interesting because he, in a way, on stage he comes off as a sidekick, but in the interview he was very forward. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. like on point. Exactly. Anecdotes for days. For days. That makes for a great interview. I really like that. Powerful anecdotes, and you had some good questions about extraterrestrial life, and I mean, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk to her more about science. I would have talked to him much more about his upbringing. Yeah. I would have talked to her much more about science. And then what we could have done is put that triangle together and been like, so how does your religious background jive with your scientific one? Like when religion and science meet, does that make art? As Eric Newsom says, you're just dropping truth bombs. <laughs> <laughs> does that create art at the tip, at the tip of the smiangle? <laughs> the smiangle, I forgot about that. That was, cra- that, was, that was nice that you talked about the triangle and what goes on inside the triangle. Yeah. Special thanks to Danny Paget for the original music we used in this piece. It was an intimately elaborate night at the Jam and Java Music Club and Cafe in Vienna, Virginia. Audience members slowly began to fill the tables, which were set up mere feet away from the stage located in the back of the cafe. In front of us sat a piano, a banjo, and a six-string electric guitar. The room was dark, with soft blue light shining toward the stage. Shortly after 7.30, Gabriel Kahane entered, looking slightly disheveled. He rocked a reddish-brown beard and wore jeans with a blue t-shirt under a fitted blazer. It seemed like no one really knew what to expect. I certainly didn't. Hi, I'm Drew Snadeke. Kahane sat at the piano and began a track titled North Adams, which is an older song of his, and not on his newly released album, The Ambassador. He immediately won over the audience with a fast-paced, hypnotic piano arrangement accompanied by a smooth voicing and poetic lyrics. Blacked out window panes, all rotten teeth as I drive by in my new car. I got a discount rate. A thousand little towns, all peeling paint and furtive eyes. A single store, maybe I can buy a shirt. Kahane then switched over to guitar, taking a quick break to warn us about his unfortunate tendency to write songs about the apocalypse. I didn't know until yesterday we got another fucking apocalypse coming. Two songs later, Kahane was gearing up to play one of my favorite tracks off his new album. The song is titled Griffith Park. It's a tale of a couple driving through the post-apocalyptic streets of L.A. on their way to the Griffith Park Observatory. Kahane informed us that it was our job to provide the background vocals. One, two, three. One more time. One, two, three. Great. Second phrase is going to go. Let's just sing the second. Soon enough, the audience had the backing vocals down, and we were all having a great time. The show carried on in the same vein with Kahane breaking to order a Sierra Nevada from across the room. Hey, Johnny, how about a beer, huh? Or joking about his pre show Chipotle ritual. But after each silly break, he would awe the audience with more melodic songs and at times some rather absurd lyrics. Why do live in hell? 
There is no question, that night to me, Kahane proved to be a highly talented musician, songwriter, and an extremely likable performer. That boy is good! He played Black Garden, which is the first track off his new album, and showcased his impressive guitar playing skills and soaring vocal ability. He noted Black Garden is the only song on the project that includes his personal perspective. The rest of the nine songs are told through the eyes of other characters, and each song is dedicated to a specific address in LA. My favorite part of the show was when Kahane came back out to give us a one-song encore, playing the title track off his 2011 album, Where Are the Arms. Before singing, he looped together two separate guitar progressions and then began to play what felt like a slow, sweet, intimate goodbye to a surprised and satisfied audience. For Madcap, I'm Drew Snadicky. Pronounced Snadicky, like staticky. Ladies and gentlemen, here at Madcap, we firmly believe that if there is a song in your heart, you simply must let it out. As for intern Drew Snadicky, hip-hop courses through his veins, and he'll be delivering weekly raps with different topics. This week, the topic is delicious, nutritious, a meal you can drink. It's soup. I'm Drew Snadicky. Yeah. Welcome to the Mad Cat Soup Kitchen. My name is Snadicky. I'll tell you about our hourly podcasts that are made special every week. They're sprinkled with some beats to make you wiggle in your seat. We book the coolest beats to keep you thinking on your feet. The listening's for free, but the talking isn't cheap. So sit back, relax, cause I know you wanna eat. We got crackers for your soup, call them bloomin' Snadicky. Save some room for dessert. Got that chocolate Ross cake to make her womb go berserk while she checks your prostate. Pause, wait, that's my boss, and I'm not trying to take it to that level. We we got several options for you on our menu cooked to perfection personally by a theme the greatest soup chef madcaps ever seen tip your hats to him and turn your ears to me because i'm in the booth going in so ruthlessly we got that chicken noodle soup which makes everyone happy a common classic like comedy families laughing got the playlist to match that just search for the hashtag on our soundcloud found mad playlist besides that try my personal favorite the hip-hop gazpacho episode served so cool you need a poncho then you got the drum and bass to get your face melted in between sets of sick beats It's quite the feast, but if you need a little less and rest your worries Cause we got that house playlist on deck And damn it's hot as curry with the Mad Cat fam You won't be famished man, got that clam chowder to chow down on any given jam Yeah and with the mic in my hand, I might just invite you to like all the interviews in light of my might as that nice rapping intern dude entice you with all the types of soup that we get into. It's been a delight. I hope you have a good night. And if you're listening to Madcap, you're doing it right. Yeah. In the booth going in so ruthlessly. Got that clam chowder to chow down on any given gym. Madcap is produced by Dan Bloom, 
David Ross, and Afim Shapiro. Our intern is Drew Snadeke. MadcapDC.org, on Facebook and Twitter, at MadcapDC. You can also find us every Tuesday on TBA, SeatGeek's blog. That's tba.seatgeek.com.